Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're joined by special guest, Paige Hayani. Paige, how are you doing today? Doing very well. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining the show. I know we haven't connected in quite a while, but it's a special privilege for me to not only connect with you and, and hear how you've been, but to be able to share about your leadership journey. Thank you for having me. I think this is going to be a good experience. Come on. I'm excited. All right. So I want people listening in to know that you come to the show with six years of leadership experience, that you extend your influence with uplifting energy, fun, compassion, authenticity, depth, and even humor. So um, I did hear um, that you, uh, you had a trip to the beach recently. Yes. Now, how was that? Where'd you go? Uh, so a cousin and I, my favorite cousin and I, uh, went to the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. We went the first week of July, and it was for our 30th birthday. Uh-oh. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. And it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Anyone who plans on going, I would definitely say check out Sayona Island. Sayona Island. Yes. Uh, it was breathtaking, mm -hmm. huge, massive starfish that you're able to touch and hold. And keep and bring back. Definitely dry them out. No, no. no, no, no. <laughs> um, but it was it was definitely something to see, and okay. I enjoyed it. Now, it, was there any um, worries? I know that there's been some kind of talk of the Dominican and the news and any of that. Yes. So while I don't think that I had any apprehensive apprehension, apprehension. I got you. Uh, there were some of the friends. We, so we went with a group of six people. Nice. And I feel there might have been some worries amongst the group. But clearly that all went away once we got there. And yes. you're back. It, it, we're Safe. back. Sound. We're healthy. And the funny thing is a lot of it was uh, linked to mini bars. Oh. And so when we got into our room, I noticed a lot of the liquor was or none of the liquor was in those mini bars. It was simply just beer. Oh. So I think they took it seriously, at least at my resort, and yes. they made us feel welcome and comfortable, and the sites were just amazing. So you definitely go back? Yes, definitely. All right. Definitely. And what we'll do is uh, for the video of the podcast, we'll get a chance. If you send me that video you took, um, it looks so beautiful. It looks fake. And we can put it in, on the green screen so they get a chance to see what that beach looked like. And yeah. Maybe we'll even use that that image for the whole um the, for the whole podcast today. We should. And we should have a margarita pretend we're here. <laughs> it would be it would be great. <laughs> well, good. Um, I'm glad you had a good time and I'm glad you had a uh, f phenomenal time celebrating the 30th. It's a big deal. It is. I was a little nervous, but now mm -hmm. that I'm actually over the birthday and over the nervousness for really no reason mm. other than drama, um, I am very happy. And I actually like to say that I'm 30. Mm, okay. I think it comes with a sense of Get it. Yes. knowledge and growth and all of that. So I'm mm. not so bitter anymore about the age. All right. Anymore. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey well, well, this podcast is about growth and improvement and mind change, attitude shifting for the be for the better of self and other people around you. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you had that mind shift when it comes to our 30s. So I'm in my 30s. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 33. So, nice. um, so I, I'm enjoying it. I, I feel young. I know I was playing basketball on Sunday with a, with a 13 year old and um, he, uh, um, I can say that he did not. Um, so I don't know if that makes me a bad like big brother or friend or, you know, but um, I was dying out there. We were playing outside. It's like 9,900 degrees here in San Antonio. So 
Um, but I could not keep, I think I couldn't keep up with him. I, I told him I was dying. I got, we had to, we had to, we had to go. He's like, you for real? And, um, anyway, uh, I'm glad, uh, that you had a good time. I know. Uh, and I'm glad you're enjoying the thirties. I know I could feel my thirties a little bit more when it comes to athletic, uh, events and things of that nature. Well, thankfully I'm not that athletic and I don't, I should exercise more and I don't. So I think what I'm doing is just making sure I don't feel that. Ah, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm keeping away from all those. Oh, so I don't feel it. Smart, smart, <laughs> smart. Hey, don't play basketball <laughs> two o'clock in the in the afternoon, um, in ninety nine to hundred degree weather. Well, good. Um, I know we have you in to talk about leadership. So I'm gonna ask you a few questions, and we'll get a chance to have a great conversation about your leadership journey. So the first question I have for you is: When did you first see yourself as a leader? Well, I first saw myself as a leader in my personal life when I got my first apartment. Okay. And nice. really branching out, not having anyone support me mm-hmm. other than my boyfriend and I, we got our first apartment when a year into our relationship mm-hmm. and having to support ourselves and really lead ourselves and make sure we paid our rent on time. We mm-hmm. paid all our bills, um, even more so when we purchased a house. Wow. So taking those steps okay. to make our lives better and improve mm-hmm. our lives. As far as career-wise, mm-hmm. I really felt I was in a leadership role, which I was technically in a leadership role when I was a manager at mm-hmm. the cash store mm-hmm. and being responsible for six six employees mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all of their actions and teaching them and making sure that they were making the right choices and doing the right things for customers to come back mm-hmm. and get customers. That is when I really felt, you know, Mm-hmm. I'm doing this. <laughs> yes, taking steps, moving forward. When right. You're, you're being responsible for other people is not a small task. No. It's a, a big responsibility. Because ultimately, if they mess up, it it goes right back up to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to fail. Right. All right. I remember um, my very first job. I don't know if you know this. I was, I was working at McDonald's. I and did not know that. Yes, yes. So um, the way we figured it, I don't know if, we, if so my, my sister was working there. So my sister's three years older than me. So I was 14, older sister was 17. And it was a summer of the year 2000. This is 19 years ago. And uh, and so I think the staff overlooked my age as a 14-year-old. I think you're supposed to be 16 to start working. So they overlooked my age. So I started to work at McDonald's as a 14-year-old. And and um and so it's a different environment, definitely around um, older people. But um, it, it is, well, I, I didn't I didn't assume a, a leadership role. I know I remember one, what the, the general manager asked me about it. He's like, hey, would you ever see yourself? And um, I didn't know how old you had to be. And I didn't know how old he thought I was. So I was kind of a little afraid. But um, I, I think I just appreciate, I, mean, I think somebody looked at you in that role for that role and, and brought you into the role because they believed in you. They saw your potential and then you were able to um, excel in, um, in leading other people. I was actually a little surprised, not surprised because they wanted me for that, but more surprised that I even got that call. It was, uh, I want to say eight o'clock at night, I got a call from our district manager asking if I wanted this position. Mm. And so it was I was like, of course. Yes. Um, and that ultimately gave me the experience I needed to be in the position I am now. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that, which is account manager, for right. five years. Wow. Okay, great. And uh, and it's it's a beautiful thing when somebody believes in you. And they go, I, I can see you stepping into this new role. I know, um, you know, even 
um, experience in the insurance industry. And uh, when that, that I saw a role open, um, I literally told myself, I'm not going to get the job, but I'm curious what they would tell me to work on so I could qualify for it next time. Because I just looked at other people. I saw people that they were more mature. They were older. They had more experience in, with insurance. They had more experience with the company. Right. And surely, um, I, I'm, I'm no competition for other people who will be applying for this. Um, well, that uh, I think that resonates a little bit in me mm-hmm. because I don't know if I don't even think I knew you when I was the manager. And, you know, that's even before uh, Cash Store. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think about that until right now. Mm-hmm. But I ran the Airmark Starbucks oh, down on the first go. floor yes. of, of Nationwide. Mm-hmm. And so when people started telling me, apply to Nationwide, apply to Nationwide, you're going to make more money. You're going to get, it's just going to be better on your resume. And mm-hmm. I thought, I'm not going to make that. I I work at a Starbucks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a little bit intimidated by the people I see walking around me. I'm in an apron and right. they're in button down shirts mm-hmm. and ties. And I did. I finally decided they told me what I needed to do, who to mm. talk to and I got hired. There we go. And you wouldn't even be sitting here right here if it wasn't for all of that. So getting the chance to connect over over there and uh, being able to meet you and um, and great. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to see you taking that challenge and um, taking that risk. I know we're going to circle back to that and taking on the risk and the challenge of what more can I do for me, um, even in, in spite of our, even when I have fears, our worries, our doubts, our insecurities that could come my way. Um, well, great. So we have um, your journey when you first saw yourself as a leader and we're able to even pull back the layers so you're able to even come to a realization of another yeah, experience you had. I wish I would have initially thought about that position because when I stepped into that management position at Aramark, I really felt, wow, I'm gaining this huge responsibility because how, I don't even know how long ago that was, maybe 2010? Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm staring at you because I'm like, when did I, what year did we meet? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, so you were at my wedding. Um, yes. And I was married in 2013. So we at least worked together pr- at least for four, six months in 20, uh, by, by 2013. Okay. So maybe it was 2011, 2012. Probably. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved that experience. Mm-hmm. I loved working there. I loved everybody. I mean, I met so many friends. I don't know if you know Noah, Romina. No, I, met I remember Noah. So many great connections of people that I still talk to and mm-hmm. and I was leading them and I was managing them and we still had a great relationship despite, yes. you know, in our career, I'm a step above uh label wise. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that our interactions ever displayed oh she's superior. She's exactly. Superior. Right. And I think that's one of the things you bring to the table in your leadership journey is uh, your ability to connect with people. So even when I'm assessing somebody's effectiveness or their influence, I'm not even thinking about does somebody have a title. So when somebody has a title, yeah, you kind of have to follow them There's in some ways, but that's like the lowest tier of leadership, right? But it was when somebody are, is willing to be influenced you Without the title, you know, being together outside of work, you know, coming together, connecting, having good, good times. Um, to me, that speaks volumes about your leadership 
legacy and your leadership journey is um, influencing people, even when they don't have to be influenced by you. Right. And I think a lot of, I mean, that's what the foundation of these relationships are. Mm -hmm. Yes. So tell me, um, who would you say has been the biggest influence in your leadership journey? So speaking about this earlier, I, I don't feel right necessarily saying me, sure. but I think I am a huge, I'm a huge influencer on myself, mm -hmm. tr making sure that I push myself, making sure that I have that drive and I am able to push all those negative thoughts that I mm -hmm. continuously, even today, I mean, not as often, but definitely those negative things that I say in my head, you know, you yes. can't do this and pushing through all of those criticism, all that criticism. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, I think right now in the journey that I'm on with my position right now, mm -hmm. my boss, who is actually the owner of our company, his name is Josh. Mm -hmm. uh, he has had a huge influence on not only my, my career path, but he helps me with life choices that I make as well because he right. has, he's full of knowledge. And yes. I don't know if that's the fact that he might be, I'm not going to say his age, but a little bit older than mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. But he's had so many experiences that yes. I'm like, hey, you went through this. Can mm -hmm. you help me go through this? Mm -hmm. And he's also not the type to say, let me put it on paper and I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. He'll make sure that I put in the time and I research something. Mm -hmm. Hey, why don't you Google this and figure it out? Right. So that way you know how to do it next time. Yes. And I think that's helped me a lot mm -hmm. aside from... I mean, he's a great friend. Right. It, which that's the foundation, the, the foundation of friendship. But then I uh, like how you hi what you highlighted about him, because as people are listening in, they're asking, um, you know, when I ask the question to you, who was the most influential person? People are able to hear the person. But then why? And as people are listening, I'm thinking about they're asking the question, how can I be someone's most influential person? And the principle you shared was. Josh became the most influential to you because of his experience, his wisdom. But the, the experience you highlighted was he was somebody that wanted you to, to use the resources for yourself and to learn for yourself. Or even the analogy goes, um, you don't um, give, a, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, but teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime, right? So he was somebody that he goes, when it came to Paige, Josh was going to be somebody who I'm going to teach her to fish so that she can have fish for the rest of her life. I definitely think he was able to provide a good mold and be and a good foundation mm -hmm. to where I was able to build myself up from there without him holding my hand through the whole, yes. you know, through the whole scenario or whatever we're going mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. and, and I also appreciate about him, the way you describe him is he helps you not just professionally, but personally. Yes. And there's this idea of one of my favorite phrases. It's uh, it's called transcendent leadership. It's a fancy phrase, but really, <laughs> really it's it's somebody whose influences you outside of the role, outside of the title, right? So again, I said it earlier. There's one thing to when you follow me because I you have to because there's a paycheck. You know, people report to me. They have to kind of follow my direction. Right. But then outside of that, if they still want to be influenced by me, that's when I knew I made a connection to have leadership extend outside of just the role the roles that were assigned in the hierarchy, if you will. And one thing that I think really shows 
his strength in leadership. So our business, we do marketing and photography for car dealerships. Mm -hmm. So I have, we have 30 photographers out in the field taking photos of every single car in the dealership. But Josh is not afraid to get his hands dirty. So he may oh. own this company, but you will see him more than half the time out there with a camera in the heat nice. and making sure that work is getting done. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's a huge strength mm -hmm. for anybody in the company to say, yes. hey, he's doing what we're doing. He's not beneath that. that right. Um, it, there's something, there's always something powerful to me. Somebody who doesn't just say, hey, this is what I want you to go do versus watch me and then do as I do. Like, right. I'm going to set the example. I'm going to be on the front lines doing the work so that you can follow um, the example that's being set. Now, what would you say for you in your journey has been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome? Um, in my professional career, like I said, I work with dealerships. I work mm -hmm. with car dealerships. Mm -hmm. And car dealerships are really, it, it's a male-driven industry. Okay. So being a woman mm -hmm. and being a tiny woman, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel that it's it, it's difficult. It's still difficult sometimes when I'm going into these dealerships and there's these men who feel like they already have a hierarchy mm -hmm. in this industry. Mm -hmm. And here's me saying, buy our product or, you know, we already have your business, but mm -hmm. maybe there's some changes that you guys need to make so we can do our job better. Mm -hmm. Initially, they may not want to hear that mm -hmm. because I am who I am, mm -hmm. you know, just based on appearance. Sure. So being able to go into these dealerships and make sure that I have confidence and make sure that I'm knowledgeable on whatever I'm speaking about is very important. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've learned to go in with a purpose and make sure that I go in, you know, with my head up high yes. so I can let them know I deserve the respect that you're you're about to give me. <laughs> That's right. That is spot on. Um, and, um, and I appreciate that part of your journey, which is I break into those barriers. All right. So, um, it can be easy to to struggle with the confidence. What do you think has really helped you the most to overcome some of those hindrances to confidence? Um, just doing it. Mm -hmm. Whenever I feel that there's something I can't do, and once again, going back to those voices in my head saying, it's not going to happen. You're not mm -hmm. good at this. Right, They're right, going right. to say no because I do, because I really do have a a struggle with sales, mm -hmm. but just getting in and going and doing it, regardless whether they say no, regardless whether, you know, they, they may say something that I don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. The next time I go in, I'm going to know that I've done it before. Yes. I've already done it. Yes. So it's a little bit easier this time. Mm -hmm. Right on. So just taking action and pushing yourself. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to push myself to do things, getting out of my comfort mm -hmm. zone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I've gotten through a lot of yes. things in life. Yes. <laughs> um, such a major, major lesson for anybody listening of um, pushing yourself, uh, taking action and letting my confidence come from the actions that I've taken and allowing that to be something that gives me that extra um, extra belief in me. And, and I can relate to and the fears, worries, doubts with business building, right? And it's, you know, I went, went from a position where I was compensated well. It was nice pay. You know, it was consistent. Um, I felt, you know, like I, I, I knew some of the ins and outs of what I was doing. But 
this business building, you know, so speaking, coaching, podcasting. So I've never done it for as my sole source of income. And even I remember one of the first guys, maybe not one of the first guys, but one of the guys I told that I wanted to pursue speaking and even being an author. And I think it was in, in uh, instant message. And um, he responded and he said, LOL. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm thinking about the LOL, you know, like, how are you going to say? Did you just not take me seriously? <laughs> I was like, sometimes I'm like, wait, I don't see how that LOL is applicable (laughs) to my dream. At least it was an LMAO. (laughs) (laughs) To my dream, to my journey. Um, Where does that LOL come from? Like, I don't want to be laughed at here. I want to be taken serious, you know? But you have those moments where, whether there's self-doubt or doubt from other people in your journey um, that could hold you back. But even, even podcasting, right? So I'm not like, the world's best podcaster. I've, we're like, what, 15 episodes in. So um, who am I to think that I could hold great people like yourself and others in the community or in the business world in, in this studio to showcase their expertise? Who am I? Like, why would somebody say yes to me? But instead of just worrying about, will somebody say yes? Will I face rejection? Like you, you described going, you know what? I'm just gonna take the first step. Oh, right, I'm gonna get one done. All right, I did one, learned some lessons. Like my, 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 and my mom, you know, she was over. We said, hey, want get to the, get the mics out? Let's record each other and we'll do a podcast. And we had been talking about it, but we didn't have any notes. So the first one, if you ever listen to that first one, it is terrible. It looks I like, haven't, but I'm going to. I'm now. <laughs> it, it is like the worst. <laughs> but but even afterward, we were like, hey, she, she, she said, do you want to like not put that one out? And I said, well, I think it's helpful because it shares the journey. Right. So if you look at episode one, Versus, let's say this is episode 16. Hopefully, you see growth from me as a host in in transitions, in building people up and showcasing. Um, but the idea of growing and taking steps, each step gives us confidence. So if, if people are listening, the big, big thing is, what step can I take today? What step can I take tomorrow? Right. That's going to give me that confidence I need next week when I'm faced with a new challenge. And it's it's interesting because I I think you mentioned your first job earlier or McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first job was actually at the Disney store, mm. but I never saw myself. I don't think I ever thought about where I saw myself at thirty. Mm-hmm. But if I look back at sixteen year old Paige, I don't think I would have said, "Oh, I I'm going to be in some sort of management." Mm-hmm. Uh, so the steps, all the steps that we take and all the risks that we take put us where we are right now. And yes, we have to take them. yes, I am with it. I am with it. So again, if you're listening, take some steps, do something new, <laughs> take the challenge. What take can you risk. do? Yeah, take the risk. Um, it's worth it. Or that quote I told you, um, to jump, build your wings on the way down, to do it afraid, you know, to get out there, take that leap. Right. Um, so to help that confidence to come into our lives. Now, how have you learned to connect with people in your leadership journey? Uh, once again, I work in a male-dominated industry mm-hmm. and talking about confidence and talking about going in and having something to say. Mm-hmm. I I like to say, I like to talk to people about what, I, I look at the person and say, what can I talk about that maybe we'll have in common? Yes. And as we spoke about earlier, getting over those differences and mm-hmm. just being relatable. Mm-hmm. I think being relatable is super important. No one's going to listen to you if if 
you just want to go in and strictly talk about in business or whatever the case may be. But if you have a common ground, mm -hmm. then you're able to communicate with someone yes. and, and just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many differences we can focus on, right? Like how different we are, your opinion, my opinion, my my politics, your politics. You know, we could pick pick a category and we could probably find some differences. For but sure. the, the common ground. So is there any um, questions or any strategies you use to, to build common ground with people? I like to ask about pets. Oh. Uh, I am a big animal person. So even when it's not something where I'm going into dealerships, I do host a lot of interviews for, for our job, for photographer jobs. Mm -hmm. And... One of the first questions I ask, you know, do you have any pets? Mm. And when I when they say no, I'm like, great. You know, when you travel, you're not going to have any worries because mm -hmm, <laughs> right, I have four right. cats. So when I do travel or I go out of town or I go over somewhere for the weekend, mm. I have to get boardy and I have to you know, yes. find someone to Day take care of them. <laughs> and extra, extra special things. Just, uh -huh. You know, just extra expenses. Um, but when they say yes, mm -hmm. I, I, I light up mm -hmm. and I'm like, what do you have? Do you have dogs? Do you have cats? What's their name? Mm -hmm. And it really breaks down their wall, hopefully, mm -hmm. and we can have a real conversation. It gives them that opportunity to be a little bit more themselves. Yes. Um, in interviews, I find that a lot of people want to showcase what I want to hear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if I can have a conversation with them before they're even, you know, I'm asking any interview questions, right. then they're more likely to be a little more honest and yes. I, I get to learn a little bit about that person. Yes, spot on. Um, and, and interviews can be one of the most stressful, you know, conversations to have, yeah. you know, and it's like, On both it's ends. tense, you know, <laughs> and it's pressure. And, but then to, to be able to have that conversation that's completely unrelated to, you know, it's not like, hey, they say, no, no, I hate cats. And then you're going to dismiss them. They don't have the job, you know. <laughs> Thank you for your time. <laughs> Good try. Better luck next time. Right. But, um. But it's it's completely um, a lot of people do have pets. A lot of people can relate and c can connect on that level. Um, and then um, but using that as an opportunity to create connection, I think, is a, is a powerful way exactly. to be able to build um, build those relationships. Now, how would you say you've had to change or grow in your leadership journey? I've had to change and grow in many ways, but I think one of the biggest is having patience mm -hmm. and having, once again, confidence in myself, mm -hmm. making sure that I, I believe a strong leadership point is to have empathy. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very impatient person. Mm -hmm. I'm very indecisive. Hey, my... Me too, me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I once... My very first, my very first Louis Vuitton bag, very proud of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I returned it five times and the for different sizes, same bag, well, different sizes. And I wanted to try them all out. And I was like, I cannot make a decision. Do I want this one or the, and it was the same exact bag, just a little bit bigger than the other. Mm. And that's just an idea of how indecisive I got am. Got you. Okay. okay. But in a career, in career world or, you know, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to make a decision. You have to be yes. able to uh, be persistent and and make these choices mm -hmm. to better the company. Right. And you can't just take time on it. So I've learned to be a little bit more decisive, a little bit more knowledgeable so I can make these decisions mm -hmm. and a little bit more patient with everybody involved mm -hmm. uh, in the company and speaking on empathy and learning to 
be empathetic to the people around me and the yes. people that I'm overseeing. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting. I think you brought up so many interesting points. And maybe we'll talk about one at a time. But um, being decisive, right? Um, and it it comes into play in our professional lives, in our personal lives. I know, like Lita and I, we're like planning a date with somebody, and um, or we're planning a time with another couple. And um, and she's super patient. Like so, she has patience, gentleness. She has those qualities. She's um, um, down to earth, relatable. She's natural. I try to work on it. So if you ever see patience in me, it's because I work. I'm working on it really hard, right? If you yeah. see gentleness, I'm working on it. But for her, um, she'll want to text them and ask them about what what they do or don't eat, or restaurants that they can. Or, and for me, I'm just like, look, no, 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 like that's just too much work. Spot. Let's pick a spot and tell them <laughs> where we're gonna go. And if they if they happen to deny it, then they'll deny it, and we'll go from there. But let's not be texting them and asking them. They're going, oh, I don't know, how about you? And then back and forth, it's like, no, 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 like none of that. And um, let's just have a plan. Give them the plan. If they want to follow it, they'll follow it. If they don't, they, but my impatience can come out that way. Um, hers again, a little more. I think it, she has a natural consideration um, for people, but it's, it's certainly um, I my I could see how my um, my bent on being decisive and impatient can go um, can go hand in hand. Right. Um, now you also mentioned empathy. So tell me a little bit more. Like, what have you done to be able to grow in your empathy? So, being or overseeing as many people as I do, mm -hmm. and even in any career, I feel a lot of management can relate. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of reasoning on why people can't go to work. Uh oh. And so that this is probably my biggest. But um, you know, I'm sick. Mm -hmm. Something happened, some life event happened. Mm -hmm. And my first instinct is you just don't, you don't want to work today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is, that's mm -hmm. what I think. Sure. But I have to understand that there are people just like me. Stuff happens in my life. I get sick. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff happens that I can't make it to work. And I have to put myself in their shoes and realize this is happening in their life. Mm -hmm. It might not be. But I have to take the step to make sure that I'm feeling for them and saying, hey, I hope you get better Yes. or whatever, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. But that's not to be mistaken with any ignorance mm -hmm. to where I want to build their trust. I want to make sure right. that our communication is on point to mm -hmm. where they're telling me, you know, I'm not going to be in today. Well, let me know when you're going to be in. Give me a doctor's note mm -hmm. and or let me know when. Um, services are if something happened yes still let me know when you're going to be back and have that communication with me so i trust you and in turn you trust me with mm -hmm. any event that may happen right and in the, the various leadership roles that i've been in you know i see that the way i listen as a leader and there's an element of listening with my heart which again i'm not natural at to listen to feel what people are feeling so if this person was sick, you know, what would it be like? You know, if this person did lose a loved one, what would that be like? But um, it, in in the in, in business, um, it's not only listening with your heart, right? But it's also listening with your mind because right. you have a business to build, and there's still responsibilities that need, there's somebody needs to fulfill the responsibilities that are being neglected with somebody else that when somebody's absent. Right, because that's not going to go away. I still mm -hmm. have a dealership that wants their stuff done, right. and they don't want to hear reasoning from me. They just want somebody to be there. Mm -hmm. So it's our job to make sure both ends are being met, this dealerships, but also this employees, mm -hmm. because 
if you don't if they're not happy and they're thinking that we're not listening right. and we don't care, then they're not going to want to work for us. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of um, employers the challenges they face. I, I I read a statistic the other day that said fifty one percent of employees are looking for another position right now, which speaks to the power and effectiveness of the leader at their current job and right. are they creating an environment of empathy of care of patience that makes them actually why well, want to be here for the roles and responsibilities i have but also because of the connection and the care that my leader shows right i mean you may not like the task at hand but if you like the environment and your coworkers, mm-hmm. you're more likely to still be in that position yes spot on so we had empathy, we had decisiveness. Now, when it comes to um, people from completely different backgrounds, um, what do you do to connect in, uh, or how do you approach connecting with people from completely different backgrounds? So I was, anyone who knows my father, um, I was raised to talk to anybody and mm-hmm, everybody, mm-hmm. despite whether you were different black mm-hmm. white gay straight mm-hmm. atheist sure. christian right um and i like to focus on what we have in common or even mm-hmm. bring even talk about the differences but being able to understand that there's we may have different opinion but i respect yours mm-hmm. uh the same that i always felt that you've respected mine in in any manner anybody right but also i think one of the ways that I personally am able to go up to talk to him. I, I do it through humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the conversations that we have, we're mm. always laughing. Right, and, right. And laughter and happiness, and that brings someone together, everyone yes. together as well. Yes, and, and, there, and I think there's something about, I feel like there's very few things that offend me. Like, like, And I try to like, I've, I've asked myself, how much... Does it really help me to get offended and to be bothered by somebody else's beliefs or somebody else's thoughts or somebody else's um, um, perspective? Right. Um, but, but even just going, you know what? Um, in that space of different people, you know, you were talking about, you know, your background, the atheistic background, you know, my my background of faith. Um, but going, um, how can I learn? How can I put myself and just learn? I mean, and I'm not asking questions so I can surprise attack you with my belief that that's better than yours. You know, like, hey, so what do you believe about love? You know, what is right. love? And then you're telling your answer and I'm like, ha no, you know, th- this Bible verse says that got you, you know, you're wrong, you know, but um, not really going because and here's what I've seen something in uh, here's what I've seen is in at times people can focus on not just the differences, but then focusing on the differences that I am superior than yours. So, right. well, my perspective is better. My faith is better. My lifestyle is better, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, not only have I talked about differences, but then I've created this, again, hierarchy where now I'm superior. And then probably on your perspective, you know, as the more you hear somebody like me talk, then you might be opposite, right? <laughs> like you're like, oh, um, like I feel sorry, but you have to go to church on Sundays or yeah, something I like that. Yeah, I sleep in on Sundays. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> so, um... But as opposed to focusing on, right, the differences and then as opposed to thinking about somebody as less than, then how about you flip that? And then as you were talking about focusing on what we have in common 
and then not having an approach where, hey, I, my way is better than the next person's. Right. And I, I wish that I could recall, but my memory is horrible. I wish that I could recall any of the conversations that we've ever had. But um, while I'm not able to give exact examples, what I enjoyed about your friendship, because mm. for anyone listening, Derek and I sat right next to each other. Right next to each other. <laughs> Boom. We shared that desk space. Mm-hmm. Um, is when you would ask questions mm-hmm. regarding I, I guess my lack of faith mm-hmm. but not not in any cruel malicious way you mm-hmm. literally wanted to know you know as an atheist and i don't even think you would say that because i feel like it, my my memory is very vague mm-hmm. but you would ask me questions i want to know how you feel about this right, because right. of that and i mm-hmm. enjoyed those questions mm-hmm. because i'd ask them right back <laughs> and i feel that those type of conversations actually brought you and I together. Yeah, and I think, and I again, I see you as a sister, and I, and I feel, I feel like your brother, and and I think in in that space, um, one, uh, I'm gonna take your words recorded, and I'm gonna put them somewhere like on my resume or something, you know, <laughs> like, by the way, you know, an atheist was in my house, and uh, <laughs> and she said that that you know questions are being asked, and you felt included, and you felt uh, a connection and a genuine interest, and and that's that's the idea is. Is um now naturally I want to influence everybody with something good. That that that's my goal. You know, right. with my job, with my career, with my calling, and then in my in my faith, do I want to influence people? For sure. Now, how I go about that, um, I think the approach can change. Like, but I found one of the greatest ways to connect with people is yeah, just listening authentically, wanting to know, um, but not shying away from that either. Like you said, like um. Like, uh, it's not, it's not like we avoided, we didn't avoid the difficult conversations or completely disregarded the differences, but genuinely, yeah. Like, how, how do you feel about- We're able to try to understand. Um, now that we're talking about this, I feel like one does come to mind when you were getting married. Mm-hmm. You went through classes, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. We had like and premarital counseling. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you, you being at your desk and having, maybe it was paperwork or books and I'm thinking- wow, you're doing all of this to get married. And it was a, it was a religious thing, mm-hmm. but I questioned you and I asked you and I wanted to know more on why you were doing it. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I, I want to get married. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to take those steps, right, but right. it was interesting that you did. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that's very cool. And I think that you had a lot of patience doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, Shameless plug for, I don't know if you already have a marriage uh, efficient picked out, but I have done two. <laughs> and we can make it in a way where it's relatable and it connects to your audience. But um, shameless plug, I am available. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about some dates later. <laughs> well, good. Um, wonderful. So um, thank you for that reflection. Um, I think... Whenever I have people on, my goal is always to showcase them. You know, you know, really showcase you, share about your journey, and and uh, get a chance. And it is, this is going to be morbid. What I'm about to say. Okay. <laughs> so brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I never want to show up to somebody's funeral and go. I wish I would have said these things to them. You know, personally, right. and being able to podcast like this. When I have guests, I get I, I feel like 
if there was ever any doubt about my admiration for my friends in my circle, I get a chance to not only say it to them, but then we get to record it and share it with our other friends. Um, right. So that gives me um, inspiration to have people on, honor them, build them up. But I, I will say this. I'm, I'm grateful um, that along the journey that, that, that there was some positive influence um, that I could have, you know, even if it was for the short time that we worked together. Um, but but, I, but I'm grateful for you having that memory of, um, of, of asking those questions, having a genuine interest. And um, I think above all, a mutual respect along the way. Absolutely, absolutely. I think when I when I think of you and I think of um, how long we've known each other, and you know we don't talk very often, mm-hmm. but anytime I mention you, which has been more recently, <laughs> due mm-hmm. to you know you you inviting me here, mm-hmm. um, respect has always been a major keyword. Yes, in any sort of definition of you. Mm-hmm. All right. So when you when you when you share my brand, when you put it on different social media, <laughs> hey, he's super respectful. Even you know, hey, I'm an atheist. He's he's the whatever you know. Anyway, yeah, yeah, you're good, good. Well, good. Um, I know before we wrap up, um, I know we were able to talk about some great content already, but I know you are a cat lady. Yes, I am. So tell us, tell me about your cats and how you became the cat lady. So I have four cats: uh, Logan, Christian. Tegan and Nolan. As you can tell, we stuck we've stuck with ANs for every single name. ANs to end. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, they are wonderful. Cats are wonderful. And for any of those dog people, I love dogs too, but you have to own a cat to love a cat. So mm. go get a cat. There we go. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just FYI. Um, they they're awesome. We've Logan is our oldest, he's 10. Then Christian, then Tegan, and Nolan is our youngest. He's two, and he's a ball of energy. And mm. he he is very much my oldest and my youngest are very much dog like. My mm. youngest Nolan plays fetch. My mm. oldest Logan greets everybody at the door. You will not get past Logan if you're allergic to cats, though. I think he senses that, so he's around you a little more. Oh, um, the rebel. Yeah, he's rebellious <laughs> in that way, and. They're a blast to have in the house. Mm-hmm. We bought our house two years ago, and I feel like I mainly bought it so that I could have the cats be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Without Throughout my whole apartment experience, I never told them I had cats. <gasps> <laughs> so I hid them. <laughs> Sorry, Ashley Oaks. <laughs> uh, but we bought this house, and they have their own, <laughs> they have their own room. What? And we okay. cut they got some luxury suites over at the okay. They they have a good life, mm-hmm. and my my cats are my kids, so mm-hmm. I love them all. Yes. Now take us to the the, the beginning though. So uh, again, I probably won't remember Logan, Christian. I remember that because of of course um, obvious reasons. <laughs> Tegan and is it Nolan? E? No, Nolan. 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 Okay. Uh, take take us to the beginning. Like so, where did it start, or how did it start? So. Tom is my boyfriend. You know Tom. Go Tom. Like Tom. He, we've been together 11 years. Mm-hmm. After our first year, I decided we should get a pet. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting an animal. Mm-hmm. And I, at first I did say, let's get a dog. But we were living with my stepsister at the time. And she had a dog. And we were just not pr- prepared for that type of responsibilities. Dogs are a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's get a cat. And Tom said, cool. 
Oh. Go get one. <laughs> and I said, no, let's, you and I, let's uh, okay. go pick out a cat. This is a us thing. Yeah, this is us. This is our animal. We're mm. going to be raising this animal. Cats live, their average lifespan is 18 years. Wow. So I was, this is going to be our cat. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go, but cats are cats. Just pick one. It doesn't matter. Gotcha. I said, okay. So we go, I've adopted all four of my cats from Animal Defense League. Mm. Uh, I have a very soft spot, a big soft spot in my heart for Animal Defense League mm-hmm. and everything they do. But we go there and and right when you walk in the door, there's a cage, there's three cats in it. Oh. I'm talking to a lady, Tom comes up to me and he says, I want this cat and he points at Logan. Oh. I said, okay, cool. Go up to the woman. I said, excuse me, miss, we really want to see this cat over here. Mm-hmm. Pointed at a completely different cat. Mm. And Tom looks at me and he said, that's, you know, that's not the cat that I wanted. Uh-oh. And I said, I know, but cats are cats, Uh-oh. remember? Bring it back. Yeah. Bring it, back. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what cat. Right. I just picked one. Mm-hmm. And I think he got, he was a little frustrated, but I right away, you know, I'm just kidding. Let me, we, we grabbed Logan. Mm-hmm. So he got the choice of the cat. He did. And I, once I saw Logan, he was, he was so cute. Mm. So I wasn't necessarily against him. I kind of want to just prove a point. <laughs> <laughs> and so now Logan is 10 years old and Logan adores Tom. Mm. Logan loves me. I know that. Mm-hmm. And, but Logan, Logan is draped over Tom. Mm-hmm. The minute Logan gets home, even if he's laying with me, laying with anyone, he jets up and he's at that door and he wants Tom's mm, attention. Wow. And they just have this amazing bond. Mm-hmm. So um, I used to get I used to get a little jealous because mm-hmm. I wanted him to be with me mm-hmm, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I got over that easily because when you see the love that they have for each other, it's adorable. Oh, <laughs> go Tom and go Logan. So that's Logan. And then how did the other three come about? Uh, we decided that Logan needed a friend. So we got Christian and Christian was adorable. He was this little gray cat with this huge alien head. Mm. Uh, it was massive. It was way too big for him. His ears oh, were no. just insanely big. And he was loud and climbed up everything. Mm. But now he is just the most proper. He... I don't even know how to describe it without showing photos, but he sits up very straight. Mm. I, you could put a little bow tie on this cat and he just the epitome of a gentleman. Wow. So perfect. And then we have Tegan, who I didn't necessarily go to Animal Defense League for a cat. Mm-hmm. I went just to go, which mm-hmm. was, it, it's a terrible mistake. No one should ever do that because <laughs> you're going to walk home with it, something, anything. Uh. And... I saw him and he just had the most beautiful coat and he was tiny. And I told Tom, I turned to Tom and I literally said, how come no one's picked this cat up yet? Mm-hmm. I'm taking him home. Mm. Snatched him up. He's the, he was the most precious kitten, but he has one slight defect. <gasps> he loves to eat clothing. Clothing. And I'm talking big whole sex. So I've lost maybe about $1,500 of clothing. Oh, and it's only mine. It, it, he doesn't eat Tom's. It's just mine. Wow. And so he has separation anxiety. <laughs> mm. And then when we got the house, we got Nolan because I've been wanting a ba- black cat. There's something about black cats. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because my favorite uh, holiday is Halloween, but mm. something about black cats that I just adore and I've been wanting one. And L- Nolan 
he um we waited six months mm-hmm. we were trying to find a black cat for six months and four months in we were supposed to adopt another one and that one fell through unfortunately it was mm-hmm. i was very upset and decided you know what maybe this isn't the time mm-hmm. and it sounds funny as i'm saying it because i feel like people talk about children this way this is right this is right so <laughs> Uh, a couple months later, we same thing, went to ADL, just went. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even see him. I just saw two little black arms shoot out of this cage. Oh. And he was just reaching out for us. And mm-hmm. at the time, his name was Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington. Skellington. From A Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Yeah, I guess I did. I, I've seen it. I, I, didn't, oh, okay. I, didn't, I didn't memorize the name, but okay. <laughs> Jack Skellington. And I said, this is the one. And he is so amazing, so mm-hmm. loving. Um, the other cats are in fear for their lives, though, because he is a little, he's still a kitten. He just wants to play. He's mm-hmm. jumping and biting, and, but he's adorable. Gotcha. So I have to ask a question because you said that, you know, we get have tough conversations. How did one of them get the name Christian? Um, so, no, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing crazy. So... Whenever I got Christian, mm-hmm. and this actually brings up a friend of mine. She used she used to be my best friend. Mm-hmm. She was like a sister to me, and mm-hmm. our paths went different ways. And she actually passed away a couple years ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And she, thank you. She plays big into the story because I had gotten Chris. I had gotten Christian, and I could not think of a name. And mm. I kept looking at him, and I told Tom, I said. He looks like a Christian. Okay. He just looks like a Christian. <laughs> and Tom goes, that's weird, but okay. So I hadn't decided on it. Mm-hmm. Amanda, that was my friend who came over. Mm-hmm. She comes over because she wants to meet him. Mm-hmm. And not even two minutes in the door, hadn't mentioned the name. She goes, that cat looks like he's a Christian. And wow. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. And I said something that I'm not going to say on this podcast, but it starts with what the... Gotcha. And Thank I you for said... taking care of my PG audience. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's it. His name is Christian. Mm-hmm. And maybe because he wanted to go to church too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it was funny. I thought there would be some kind of story with his paws were together and like some prayer hands or something. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking in my brain. No, <laughs> no it's... Um, I'm glad you brought that up because... Um, it was nice to talk about Amanda for mm. a minute. So well, good, well, good. So her legacy lives on. Yes, yes. totally. Uh, pleasant memory indeed. Well, my friend, um, again, um, thank you for spending some time here. I think there are some principles you shared that can help people out there. They can influence their journey and, and have a positive impact. And of course, um, um, if you ever want to do it again, uh, this is my recorded um, open invite. That you're welcome to come back. Oh, so thank you. So that doesn't always go out. Um, so no offense to anybody else out there who didn't get it in, but <laughs> but 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 um, but yes, uh, if you want to come back, I think there's a lot more content. Even as we were um, discussing here, I know we talked about leadership. I know we talked about a relationship building, even beyond um, breaking ba- breaking barriers. Right. And um, and then cats, you know. So there's a lot we could talk about. But, I always have cat stories. But just know, you, just so you know, you're welcomed. Uh, you're welcome back. Thank you, and I appreciate 
you having me here. I mm -hmm. do look forward to some more talking in the future. Come I enjoy on. our conversations. Let's do it. And I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening in, this is the Strong Life Coach Podcast. I'm here with Paige Hayani. You know what we do. We coach life, we speak life, we write life, and we lead life. And be sure to um, rate the podcast well, to like it, to share it, and subscribe to it. And uh, we'll, we'll be getting you some more great content just like this. Thanks for tuning in. And and we'll um, be posting new content soon. Have a great one.